Hello, Chillinoy Podcast. I am uh, Lucas McCrary. I'm Mindy Siegel. This is Tommy Chung. This is Mike Malcolm, and you are listening to the Chillinoy Podcast. Justine, and we are back with another episode of the Chillinoy podcast. Um, before I introduce our guest today, I do just want to remind you that we do have t-shirts available for pre-order now. If you go to chillinoy.net slash support, um, $5 of those sales goes to us. The rest goes to a local printing company. So we're really excited about that. Um, what we have on deck for you today, we are talking with our friend, that cannabis model, Nicole. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's a beautiful, beautiful day outside, and I am very excited to be talking to you. Um, Tell us a little bit. So we know you from your cannabis modeling. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into modeling to begin with, and then how did that transition over to cannabis modeling? Yeah, yeah. So it's been a fun ride. So um, I started modeling um, when I was 20. Um, So 12 years ago, I started modeling as, you know, just something for me, you know, I'm a a female, you know, I want some pictures. And I was like, oh, damn, you know, I'm hot. All right. All right. So um, I kind of took it and then I ran. So then flash forward into 2018 and I was in a bad car accident, which led me to um, being a, a medical patient. Um, since then, I've become a really strong, I've always been a strong advocate, but it really um, made me put my foot in the door um, as a medical patient. And knowing that I can't model full time any um, anymore due to my disabilities, I am solely focusing on cannabis. That's awesome. And I've seen that um, you've gotten to do some pretty cool things with your cannabis modeling. You got some pictures of you like walking through some fields and um, just some other cool things. So what has been kind of your favorite shoot so far or one of your favorite opportunities that you've come across? So my favorite, um, okay, so like without a doubt, my favorite would be um, back in twenty. Uh, when I first met with and shot the ad for High Times, um, that by far making that contact and just getting to know Joey and Kaz and like the crew, it's it's amazing. They're really great people and they, you know, I've made true friendships out of it. Um, I'm actually going, um, I'm leaving tomorrow morning and like stupid early in the morning for which I feel like will be another favorite. I'm flying out to Seattle to do some work. So I'm excited about that as well. Nice. Yeah, that should be really exciting. And I've heard that Seattle is absolutely beautiful. So I'm sure there will be no shortage of places to shoot. And I'm excited to see the content that comes out of that. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm excited too. Um, I'm excited about doing all the tourist stuff, like the Space Needle. And like, I'm gonna have my camera out and taking so many pictures. Like my story is gonna be filled with Seattle until like Monday. Um, Yeah, so I'm really excited for that. It should be fun. Nice. Awesome. And I know, so you've just through your modeling and being connected in the cannabis industry, I've know you, I know you have formed some 
cool partnerships. Um, High Times, obviously, you have been one of their judges, um, and you work with them a lot. And then I know you've got some other, like, branding partnerships out there. So do you want to tell us some more about those and who you're partnered with, kind of what they do? Yeah, yeah. So some positive, some negative, you know, it's all about experiences. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I right now I'm currently partnering with Heighten. It's actually a Keith machine that's new um, on the market. It's um, it's awesome, actually. I did a live with them on my news or on my stories. So um, I'm going to be promoting them. I'm shooting for them after in like two weeks. So I'll have some content there for them. Um, another uh, partnership. Let me think. Um, cool weed shirts um, is really cool. They have a lot of like nostalgic '90s turned into like stoners, you know, um, shirts and stuff like that. So um, smaller companies here and there. Um, I found the smaller companies to be a lot better to work with when it comes to the industry because they actually care. Um, you know, such as like uh, Prairie State Genetics and even Chicago Kush along the cannabis lines. Um, they're both wonderful to work with. And it's just, you know, the local guys doing the, their thing and they truly care as much as I do. And I found they've been a lot better to work with. Yeah, I know um, we had talked a little bit before the podcast that even though it's, you know, these cannabis partnerships and in the cannabis industry, we tend to kind of wear these rose-colored glasses of, like, anybody in cannabis is cool. Like, nobody's going to screw you over. Um, but I know we what we talked about was there is a journal that was put out by a company called Pilgrim Soul, and I actually have the creative journal. Um, somebody gifted it to me because it said, use this journal while you're high and everybody knows what I'm about. But I know you partnered right. with them and it didn't go so well. What what happened there? So, uh, yeah, I partnered with uh, Strictly for the sh fact of, like, I have one as well. And it's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, and it seemed like a really cool concept. And I thought that it would do really well. So I partnered up with them. Um, but, again, they're a bigger corporation or whatever it is out there. And they do not pay out on um, – their promoters and their partnerships so unfortunately they weren't such a positive um company to work with so i would recommend if you're like an influencer or trying to break in as a cannabis model or whatever um just kind of stay clear from them just you know not recommended zero of five stars <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's good information to have out there. I mean, obviously it doesn't look super good for them, but I have noticed that they are partnering more and more with influencers that kind of fall into, I should say, my algorithm on Instagram. And I'm always, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. I'm glad that you guys were able to get some sponsorship, get some partnership. This is great. And then to know, like, not all that glitters is gold. It, it may not be the best deal. I think really encourages influencers in the cannabis space to really read through your contracts, make sure that you understand exactly what you're signing up for and don't back down. If you if there's something that was promised to you, it is owed to you. And if they don't pay up, don't be afraid to go on a podcast and tell people that they didn't pay up. 
100%. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I pride myself on working with, like, legitimate good companies. And, like, I want to get to know the owners. And I want to see, like, who I'm backing, not just what I'm backing. And, um, yeah, that is just not one that I even, like, even if they came back and was like, oh, here's your money. Like, no, it's it's ruined. I don't even want to work with you. Um, I don't, right. I, I, uh highly when I recommend companies I want to make sure that they're good and yet you know so thankfully I was able to experience that so not everybody has to yeah absolutely I think it it says you know and it, it says a lot about you like you know you're very into vetting your sponsors you want to make sure that you're only going with good people because you care about your followers you care about your reputation and so it really like it speaks a lot to this journal company that even someone who is as meticulous about choosing their sponsors as you are can still fall into a bad deal so for any of our listeners out there if you're trying to be an influencer online or build some sort of presence within the cannabis industry just understand that even the best deals are not always going to play out the way you want them to and make sure that again you're just very meticulous with what you're choosing to endorse because it it can get a little dicey out there and there's also you know just millions of opinions on all these companies you know we've got people who come to us that Mm -hmm. don't have positive things to say about prairie state genetics but we have nothing but positive things to say about prairie state genetics they've been awesome to us we really Yeah, we we love the seeds that they sent us. They're super willing to work with us. And, um, you know, it sounds like you've had a positive experience with them as well. Yeah, 100%. Justin, he's amazing. He really is um, his right-hand man, Big Jim. He's amazing. Um, They are just some really down-to-earth guys and just in it truly for, like, the healing and the medical aspect, you know, for whoever needs it. I mean, recreational, too, but... If it's there medically, it's there recreationally, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so 100%, I love getting to know the owners of the companies and know who I'm working with. Um, I know that I test and review for, like, Chicago Kush. I 100% back them, a, a million percent back them. I love Chicago Kush. Um, owner-wise, flower-wise, it's all amazing. Um, now, I have had um, companies, you know, uh, send me product to test and to review, and it's been just, like, nasty, full of PRGs and PGRs, whatever. I'm high. And uh, um, it's just full of, like, oh, you can taste all the chemicals and everything, and it's just not natural at all. And I won't even, like, thank you, but no thank you. Find somebody else. Because as an influencer, people will send you a bunch of free stuff, and, like, you can't get – wrapped up in the oh this is free this is oh they're gonna send me an eighth of this if i post about it like no if i i don't give a fuck about your eighth i want i want to know who's quality and i want to know what to put out there so my followers um know what's quality and don't get scammed by some like some bullshit you know yeah absolutely and i'm right there with you where um you know if in the event that anyone does send either cole or myself things to sample we make sure that we tell them like the review that we put out about this is going to be very honest so if you have any apprehensions about us putting anything negative out there about that product just understand that 
if you send this to us, you mm -hmm. are saying like, you're allowed to talk negatively about it as well. And, um, you know, it, it just helps protect your own integrity to, to be able to say like, no, I tried this. I didn't like it. I'm not going to promote it. I'm not going to tell people about it because it's not a good product. And that's that. You can stop sending me things now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I like to, I like to work with just you know the the best of the best. And if you're sending me, um, if you're telling me that it's top shelf and I get it and it's garbage, like what does that say? You know, why didn't you bring your A game when you're trying to use that? Like I don't even understand. But I'm sure you guys have gotten some stuff where you're like, oh, this is this is gross. Like I do better yeah. myself, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what have been kind of shifting gears here what kind of yeah. changes have you seen in the industry or even like in your side of the industry and more of like an influencer model position over the last couple of years what kind of changes have you been noticing so i've noticed like the modeling side of things are getting like it's kind of gotten played out over, like I said, I've been a part of the industry for 12 years. So like what it was when I first started to what is now, it's a complete 180. It's a, it's starting to get really played out. I feel like anybody can just take a cute selfie with some duck lips, throw it on Instagram and get some followers, you know, that's, that doesn't make you like a legit like model or influencer, you know, um, you have to, you, you have to put the work in and unfortunately girls these days I feel like don't want to put the work in I guess I can say I've seen a lot of people try to break in into influencing and everything and it's like you can't make two posts and call it a day um you you gotta legitimately it's it's a nine to five it really is just because I don't sit at a desk you know I, I'm behind my phone I'm always working I'm always networking and uh, even when I'm um doing like model coaching and stuff like halfway through the session they're like oh I'm exhausted I can't do this you know yes, you can. And you need to get up and you need to do it, you know? So I feel like the work ethic and everything these days are kind of just getting washed out and um, only the strong are going to survive because they're just going to get washed right out of the way. I feel like you totally just called out my style of quote unquote influencing where I'm like, hey, I, <laughs> I listened to the rules. It said three posts a day. I can't come up with three posts a day. So I'm going to do like two a day for a week. And if I don't have a thousand followers by the end of that week, this is not for me. And I'm just like, absolutely not willing to put the work in to be completely honest with you, because it is exhausting. You're always on your phone. You have to be super creative and always thinking ahead because you don't want to just recreate posts of other influencers. It has to be unique. It has to be, you know, branded to your own personal brand that you are creating and it's just it's way more complicated than people think it, it really is you can't just jump in it and think you know oh i got four thousand followers I'm, I'm just gonna just start posting i got this you know and it might it might look like that so yeah i can see it's it's very exhausting and it is you know but I try to set designated times um, and pre-post, I guess you can say. I have all of my, um, I have like my next month and a half lined up. So I'm already thinking that far ahead. You know, I have to start thinking Thanksgiving, Christmas posts when people are like, oh, trick or treat, you know, it's still, <laughs> it's Halloween. 
Um, so yeah, no, it's a lot of work, but you know, honestly, it's what they say is you never work, you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. And it's true. I truly love it. I love networking and meeting with everybody. Um, it's anxiety ridden 110%, but it is one of the best parts about the job. Yeah. You know, that, that brings me, or that brings us to like a really interesting topic to talk about, which is how do you deal with you know having anxiety or social anxiety and still networking and making those contacts because i will fully admit i get terrified when we go to networking events and just kind of hide behind cole a lot because he's very good at talking to people and i'm like i'm gonna say something stupid so i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut smile <laughs> and nod yeah uh-huh <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's honestly what people don't see. I hype myself up in the car. Like I truly do. Like I am my biggest cheerleader and I'm in there. I'm like, all right, you're a badass bitch. You've got this. Like you're going to meet people. It's no big deal. Just get it together, you know, go. And like, I literally have a pep talk that I do in my car because like it, it is, it's really overwhelming, especially big events like Canacon or, uh, normal events, but and uh, situations like that, it can be very um, over stimulating a hundred percent. But I literally uh, pat myself up in the car. I, I really fucking do. I, I'm in the mirror. Like I have eye contact. I'm like, you're going to get out there and you're going to make contacts and you're a badass bitch. All right, break. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about what, what Cole experiences from me before we go to anything. I'm like, you're a bad bitch. You're a bad bitch. You can do this. You can talk to people. <laughs> Yes, yes, I know. When I was, um, actually, when I was at Canacon with uh, Canabev, actually, Chris, he um, he was watching me, like, just talk to people, and he's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I, I just, I just, I just got to do it, or else I won't do it, you know? I kind of just put myself in a situation where, like, I can't back down, so I have to uh, network and, you know, do what I do, so it's all fun, though, because, you know, once, um, I'm sure, um, you may be the same way. I don't know. Um, but once you're getting there and you get to know like your circle that's there, you know, it starts to become a little bit mellow. Yeah, absolutely. And there's the aspect of like, you know, I'm talking to people who they have never heard of me before this exact moment. So they have no preconceived notions of who I am, who I'm supposed to be. I can talk to them anyway. They're, they are just as human as I am. We're all here for a common purpose. And I feel like you know, once you break the ice and get those first one or two conversations out of the way, it just helps it flow so much better. And you kind of have, you almost like build a script in your head of like, okay, these are the things that people are interested in talking about. So these are the topics that I'm going to kind of stick to. And we're still going to cover that common ground. We're still going to, you know, get to know each other, but it's going to be a very like, surface level business understanding until I can trust you to know that we can know each other better than that. <laughs> right, right. And you know, it does it actually the conversations always steer in different directions depending on who you're talking to as well. So um that's always interesting to see. Like you can have the same three bulletin points but go to three different people and it go the conversations go in completely different directions because you get to see everybody's uh point of view um on that one topic. And I think it's really cool because that's how you start to build build your networking and your um solid foundation is getting to know everybody's uh point of view on it and where they stand. I think it's just so awesome. 
Yeah, absolutely. And since we're on the topic of networking, how do you have like a, a system or a cadence or anything that you use to make sure that you are keeping in contact with these people? Or is it just kind of like, oh, I have this person in mind. So if, you know, this situation comes up, I'll call them. Um, are you maintaining those relationships or just kind of, you know, letting them go? No, I always maintain my relationships, like especially on social media. We, I mean, you see, I'm always hyping up your your guys' posts. I love your guys' stuff. And, you know, I try to do that with everybody that I work with um, because, again, you know, if I associate with you, like I've probably creeped on your page for a long time before we've even made any kind of contact, you know, to ensure that you're somebody I would want to approach. So I definitely try to hype up on the social media. And then it's, it's funny because I always know a guy, no matter what, I always know a guy. And it's because being in this industry, everybody has such different backgrounds that like, I've got to know people. Um, And I just, I don't know. I do really good with remembering my network. Like, oh, okay. So if I um, if I see a post about this person, I might tag them in that, or I'll put it in my story and throw a tag on them, or something like that. Um, it's, it might just be on the person. It might be on the um, company specifically. But either way, I try to maintain a relationship with them for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, and I think um, you know together between Cole and I, we're good at that. Just in that, like, I remember a lot of stupid details about things and I'll be like, oh, remember we had a conversation with that person and they like in one sentence mentioned this subject. So maybe we can call on them and maybe we can see if they want to do an interview about it. And he's Cole will just be like, I don't remember that conversation at all. I'm so glad that I have you. <laughs> you remember everybody's <laughs> names. <laughs> It's about balance. You know, it's all about balance. Yeah, absolutely. I may not be good at meeting people, but I will definitely remember you after I have met you. No worries about that. <laughs> so awesome. I know I can't wait to meet you guys. I know you were saying um, prior, I think you wanted to do more stuff in the city, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to get out there more. I know I have quite a few Chicago contacts, but I want to actually get down there more and um, face-to-face meet up. That's one thing I like to do as well as I like to meet face-to-face. Like, once I get past that, like, I'm a nervous-ass bitch, I um, I can walk in and own the place. So yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like to meet face-to-face. So when you guys get downtown, whether it's going to be working with, like, Shy High Tours or anything along that, we definitely have to meet up whenever you guys make it. Yeah, for sure. We did just get um, some new recording equipment that will make us mobile. So we are, we're gearing up for it. We're ready. We're ready to hit the road. We just aren't sure when or where yet. Oh, just in time for winter. Uh. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right when everybody wants to be driving around, especially Chicago area, when we're getting, you know, multiple feet of snow and it's 30 degrees below zero perfect time to network (laughs) you know that's when you find the dedicated bunch though that's that's when you find them yeah exactly exactly those are the people that are they are really wanting to talk to us because they really have something to get out there and i find that that is so much more rewarding you know we we do open the invitation anybody is welcome on the podcast we just ask that you come with something in mind already to talk about and unfortunately we do get a lot of inquiries of people being like i want to be on the podcast and then we say okay what do you want to talk about They're like i don't know i just want to be on the podcast I'm like well 
no that no we're right. not doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um so i yeah and i i love that you gave me those networking tips you told me i'm kind of on the right page of like just hype yourself up you're the coolest go in there and own it and i'm glad to know that i'm not the only person out there who's trying to be kind of in media that is a little nervous meeting new people <laughs> yeah no no i like with um especially with like traveling and stuff i'm always get so nervous and it's just i don't know like it's obviously you know it's not something that we can really control it's just who we are so um you're definitely not alone there's so it's so common it is so common and i will be the first to admit like you can probably hear me in my car like if you were parked next to me you could hear me just like all right you got this you fucking got this i got like my favorite song jam and like, you know, I need at least a good five to 10 minutes to actually get in somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And is it the same? I know you've done like video collabs with Cannabev with Chris. He's awesome. We yeah. love him. Um, yeah. Have you done any other like review collabs and do you still get the same like nervousness before you do that? Um, yeah, just because I'm a nervous Nelly. I mean, I get nervous pretty much before anything. Um, but it quickly goes away. I mean, Chris, yes, I love him. We've been working together a couple um with a couple videos now for Chicago Kush. Um, I have I'm in the talks with West Town Weed Enthusiast. Um, I don't know if you guys follow him. Um, but he does reviews as well and I'm in talks with uh possibly working um a collab with him. Um, it's, you know, I feel like reviewers, it's a very, a very unique, uh, dedication skill, honestly, it, there's so much work to get put behind it. So if you are going to, um, put the videos out and everything, you have to have a specific knack for it. So hopefully I can make more contacts in that area. Um, because like reviewing is my jam. I love trying new weed and like breaking it down and like giving my opinion about it. I mean, who doesn't, right? So um, I, I really want to get to know um, a few more reviewers and kind of get in there a little bit more, definitely. I am kind of uh, slacking in that department. So if you have any listeners who are reviewers, hit me up. I want to work together. <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm going to creep on you and I'll make my decision, but hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, listeners, just remember, you get to put that stamp on that video of reviewed with a model. You were sitting next to an actual model that has pictures and magazines that was reviewing cannabis with you. Who wouldn't want to come see that, right? Exactly. So if anything, it's going to be worth it just for like those few extra likes on your page. I mean, right. <laughs> just to be able to tell your friends you hang out with models. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, I like, I'm still, I don't know, what do they say? I'm shook. I'm shook still yeah. that, like, I'm even categorized as that. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. It's like, it's, I feel like my life is so, um, like, sometimes unreal, but you can truly, like, do anything you want to do. I mean, who thought that when I was like a teenager, I'm like, yeah, I want to grow up and smoke weed for a living. And yeah, come on. All right. But here I am fucking doing it. And it's amazing. That that in itself is something that I think about pretty much every day. I mean, I work in the cannabis industry alongside doing this podcast, and I just, it's one of those like pinch yourself moments where you're like, 
man, I can't believe, you know, I was in high school and I was just smoking weed to have fun and now it's part of my job. And then I also have, <laughs> I I tend to go to my parents and anytime I get like a, a bonus or a cool opportunity or anything like that, um, I tell them, and you told me that I couldn't just smoke weed for the rest of my life and here I am. And my parents are usually like, who told you you couldn't just smoke weed for the rest of your life? Like, we just wanted you to have an income along with that and you're doing it (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome i know i sat seven months in rehab because i was um caught with an ounce of weed and that was back like i don't know i was probably like 15 yeah like 15 and then now it's like i can legally just grow it or go buy it you know at the store like it's walmart and then like back then it was like it was huge. It was like a huge, like, Oh my God, you smoke weed. Like, Oh, you're such a druggie. <laughs> like, right. And then I got in so trouble for it. And here we are, you know, and it, we also break the stigmas a lot too, of like stoners are lazy and they don't fucking work. And like all of the, Oh, you're going to be like a melting egg on the couch. Like those commercials in the nineties, which don't get me wrong, depending on the strain, that might be you at times, but like, I think we break the stigma as well of like, we can smoke weed and still work our asses off doing what we love. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any reason. I mean, it's so ridiculous to me that there are jobs out there that drug test you. I understand if you're looking for like, you know, somebody who's going to be a machine operator probably should not actively be on opiates during the day even though I know that's more widely accepted than finding out like oh they smoke weed on the weekends you know and so it's just so ridiculous to me that there are jobs where that is a barrier of entry like if you do now or have ever used cannabis you can't work here I'm like why do you think I'm going to be too chill and the rest of your staff is going to learn how to relax once in a while like what's the problem (laughs) Right. How dare you? Yes. I believe, actually, I believe Cole just put out an episode not too long ago about um, this whole, um, what it is with the hiring and having the marijuana or the cannabis in your system, um, because it is in your system for so long that um, even like if you smoked, I don't remember what it was, but we were talking, they were talking about uh, DUIs and it was like, well, if you smoked like this long ago it's still gonna come up when you're obviously not or like with the uh, piss test if you if you smoked three weeks ago it's you know you're gonna come up dirty because of a party three nights ago or whatever the case yeah it's just absolutely ridiculous i don't see any reason for it i don't you know there's there's nothing i can think of Like, not only that I can't do after I've used cannabis, (laughs) I can still do everything, but also, you know, if it is a dangerous job, I don't know anybody who would be so irresponsible as to be like, you know, I'm going to eat a thousand milligrams of edibles and then go help build safety equipment or, you know, inspect airplanes for safety points or anything like that. Like, people just don't. I don't know, maybe I'm giving too much credit to cannabis consumers, but in my mind, we're all like responsible adults. We all know what we're doing. We know our limits and we wouldn't jeopardize employment just because we're so fiending for cannabis all the time. You know, it's just like the the whole reefer madness thing is just (laughs) madness. (laughs) 
It, it is. It's a completely menace, uh, madness. And you actually hit um, hit it right on the head when you said it comes down to maturity, basically. You know, um, exactly. No one's going to go eat a thousand milligram chocolate bar and then go work on an airplane. Like, you just don't do that. You know, it's just like as if you were to drink a whole bottle of tequila and then go to work. You just don't do that. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And hopefully, you know, I feel like we're, uh, we're on the right track of normalizing and everything. So, and then psychedelics, I think is just coming right up on the tail and it's going to sweep the nation as well. Oh yeah. We are very much looking forward to the legalization of psychedelics, you know, incrementally as it's going and hoping to like talk to more people in the industry that are actually doing the research with psychedelics because it it seems like we're it's just i don't want to say like the drug trade or you know drug use is heading in a positive direction but it does seem like people are becoming more educated on basically like organic compounds if you can use organic compounds and they help fix your mental well-being and get you in a good state of mind I don't think that there's any reason that we should keep that illegal, regulate it. Sure. Yeah. Tell me that I have to go to my doctor and get a prescription where I can only do X amount. Fine. You know, fair enough. But to completely say like, hey, I know that you buy this thing on the black market and it makes you feel a thousand times better, but you're going to need to keep taking these prescription pills because, you know, that, that magic mushroom that you can grow in your closet just doesn't mesh well with the government we don't like it <laughs> i don't know i i like the direction that it's that things are heading in where you know cannabis we're working on getting that legalized we've got it somewhat legalized cole would absolutely kill me if i said cannabis is legal anywhere but we've got it you know somewhat legalized in some states and now we're moving on to you know psychedelics and psilocybin and that to me looks like a very positive trend even though i know there are like older conservatives out there that are like shaking in their boots about the possibility of people legally being able to possess and grow magic mushrooms in their house. Like, I don't, I don't understand why that's such a big deal. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of it has to do with generational things too. I mean, obviously you have the generations uh, that grew up and is having the time of their lives, but then there was like that weird middle part where they were like, Oh my God, all of this is just horrible and it's just bad. And I don't, you know, I think it's more of a, an ignorance thing, honestly, you know, um, because I think once they actually learn about it, I mean, I myself, I'm, all about shrooms like go ahead do you it's just not for me um i've done it once um and i didn't realize how much i needed to eat of it or anything i was just like yeah let's get fucked up so i did it once and i ate seven grams and never again in my life will i touch them but i am a hundred percent on board of it being legalized and i a hundred percent support its benefits i'm just terrified ever use them again in my life ever yeah i think uh seven grams on your first try was you were just asking for for trouble with that like that's that's a lot but i am seeing that there are therapists out there now which this to me is a very positive impact of the popularity of psilocybin um there are certain therapists who specialize in essentially like coaching you through reprogramming your brain after you've had a bad trip so that you don't 
continue to suffer like any mental health effects from that bad trip. So, which I think is pretty cool. That is amazing. I'm going to need that person's information because I would love to try them again. Like, I really want to, but you know, if you go in it scared, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for doom. So it's like, why even try at this point, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely keep that mindset of like, if you go into it with any negative feelings or fear or apprehension, you're kind of asking yourself to have like a bad trip. And um, I tend to go in it like just completely blind spur of the moment like, oh, hey, I'm going to eat some mushrooms real quick and see what happens. And um, I'm not going to say that that's the most successful approach. But <laughs> it helps as long as you remember that you've done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, 100%. I do, you know, I do. Maybe maybe I'll get crazy one day with my other half and we'll go, you know, we'll split a little bit. But, you know, the first time I was just young and dumb and I was like somewhere I've never been before. And we got like, we got, um, I think it was like a half I got with like three of us. And then my friend and I... Um, my, I ate at like seven and they were like, oh, wait, we need to split this. So then they each had an ace. So I ate like a double and I don't know. It was crazy. It was way too much. Very immature and naive and stupid of me. Um, but unfortunately, it did ruin it did ruin the experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully someday you can. I mean, it doesn't sound like your life is lacking without it. So, you know, I I don't want to go into this speech of like, you know, maybe someday it'll be the right time and you'll do it because I'm I am firmly like I believe in my head that if you try something and you don't have a good experience, the people around you should not continue to push you to try it again. We should just say, okay, you had a bad time. I respect that and step away from it. You know, I, I hate those people that when you are having a conversation even about cannabis and somebody says like, oh, you know, I tried it once, I didn't like it, and then everybody jumps on and they're like, oh, you just, you didn't have the right strain, you didn't try the right amount, da-da-da. I'm the person that just sits back that's like, fair enough, okay, let's move on. I'm not going to push you into it. It's for me, it's not for you, and that's okay. Right, right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, although I am over here telling myself, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day, you know, I will. <laughs> but I really, I'm really interested to see what a mild high would be like on them. Um, strictly because there was there was a little bit at the very beginning and the very end that were like, this is fucking cool. But there was unfortunately like a 10 hour in the middle where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um <laughs> So if I could get like that first and last hour back to be like the constant high, which I'm sure that's what it's like if you take like a mature dose of it. So maybe one day, you know, and honestly, with the way that it's going, my therapist is actually very open. She's a little old stoner lady and she's a very open to me for dosing shrooms to help with some of uh, my issues. And she's very open to it, you know, so maybe, maybe it'll be sooner than I think, but we'll see what life takes me. Yeah. And I mean, that brings up a good point of like, for anybody out there, if you find something that is nonviolent and not harmful that, um, you know, helps you 
with your mental health and helps you kind of process those feelings and those thoughts, if your therapist is trying to discourage you from it, maybe you should look for a new therapist because I, you know, I was seeing a therapist for a while that I, I don't hate on this at all. She is very strongly rooted in her faith and respect. I don't have that, but there was a lot of talks of like, you know, maybe we should reduce your cannabis use. Maybe you should stay away from psilocybin. And after like the second or third time that conversation came up, I was like, maybe you're just not the therapist for me. I think I think I can find somebody who aligns a little bit better with who I am as a person. So thank you. It's been fun, but you're never going to see me again. <laughs> right. Thanks. But no, thanks. A hundred percent. My, you know, and it's, it's very important. You know, I am a hundred percent on board with therapy and therapists and anything that is for your mental health. One hundred percent. And, you know, I have people that message me. Um, and asking whether it's in my cannabis group on Facebook or on my Instagram about, you know, um, how does cannabis react with this medicine? How does, you know, or can it do this? Can it do that? Or I don't want to ask my therapist. And it's like, I'm not one to put it out there and be like, well, maybe, you know, maybe you should be honest. And if they don't like it, like you said, maybe move on. But I definitely, I mean, it's not my place to say, obviously. And I try to answer the best that I can, but I mean, it's, my experience, not my professional opinion. I'm not a professional, you know, I go to therapy and my therapist is like, you know, why don't you, why don't you go roll yourself a nice big old fat joint and meditate on that and let me know what you come up with. And I'm like, you know what? You're fucking right. I got to do that. And you know, it's finding somebody who you really click with and speaks your language is so very important. I just can't even stress it enough. It's as important as a love language. Honestly, is you got to find somebody who, um, can help steer you in the right direction, but it's on your direction, not theirs. You know, they're there to guide you on your path, not try to form you on what they believe. And I feel like a lot of therapists will try to do that when it comes to cannabis use and all that. If they don't believe in it, I'm going to try to steer you away from it. But like, why? That that That's your path. That's not mine, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, like, Getting those questions from people where they are asking you to, you know, about drug interactions and stuff that you're like, don't you have a whole doctor that you see? And if you like, are you not able to talk to them about this? Have you brought it up and they had a negative reaction? Because, you know, there's there's tons of doctors out there. You can even do telehealth to help you out. Um, you don't you're not stuck with that provider. That's that's kind of the thing is that you've got, especially if you have insurance, you do have a little bit of choice. So, you know, I, you do. Oh, I was just going to, so I, I kind of take the opposite approach of you where I am absolutely like, oh, they didn't want to talk to you about it. Kick them to the curb. We don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, I always try to direct people to um, Compassionate Care Clinics of America um, when it's um, doctor and cannabis related, you know, even if they have questions just in general, um, or I'll direct them to Aroma Grow Store and Wheeling. The owner, Brian Marks, is like, he's like an encyclopedia of knowledge of anything cannabis. So um, I, I try to direct them to better resources, but I try to also answer them as best as I can. But I try to always reiterate of, you know, I'm, 
I'm not a professional, but, you know, in my experience, this is, you know, what happened or hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's something that we try to reiterate here on the podcast, too, is we are not experts. We're not medical professionals. We talk to those people for you, but we ourselves are not the experts. We just only have like anecdotal personal stories and evidence that we can present but it doesn't mean anything because we are not you we don't go through the same things that you do we don't have the same experiences that you do and cannabis is something that it's very personal to the user you know some people have rituals some people it's random you know there's you might have your grandma eating a two and a half milligram edible before bed to help with her arthritis so she can sleep through the night versus you got Cole and I who take a hundred milligram edible each on a Tuesday. Cause why the hell not? You know, <laughs> like it's, it's very personal because to everybody's that. experience. <laughs> you know, and I don't, I don't eat edibles either. I, um, I'm just too scared. I don't know. I, again, I'm a nervous Nelly. I don't know. I just like smoking my flower and I, I finally become a good avid, uh, a concentrate user. Um, but edibles as well. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to react different and shit. I'm good. I'm just going to smoke my joint. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Stick to what you know. You know, you can't go wrong if you've always had good results. Just stick to what you know. A hundred percent. Now, my other half, though, he loves edibles and I love infusing. So I make all kinds of things infused. I love infusing and I love cooking and weed. And I I love cooking. I'm a big old domestic housewife, actually. And um, (laughs) so I I have fun creating in the kitchen and infusing uh, foods and uh, desserts and all of that. So it's fun. Um, He says they're good. Apparently, I make good edibles, but I've never had them. Yeah. Yeah, I try to uh I try to prove my domestication to Cole in the hopes that I can give up my 9 to 5, but uh turns out I'm not made for that life because <laughs> I don't it's like cooking. <laughs> it's fucking hard it is gosh it truly is um but yeah no i love cooking that is one thing that i've always loved so it kind of works out it works out yeah and i think it's super interesting that like you can infuse anything you really can i mean like you you may have to add a little lecithin or something to make it bind but if there is any sort of fats oils anything in what you are making it can be infused and that's just incredible to me it really is i absolutely love it like i loved making like just pure cbd uh ghee um and then just like making a pot roast and putting a big old chunk of it on there you know (laughs) like you can literally like you said anything that you want whether it's dessert savory like anything and that's like the fun of it because um you can get creative like oh do you want to infuse the sugar and then use the sugar do you want to use the butter you know and it's it is it's fun just to create in the kitchen and make all kinds of goodness yeah absolutely well Nicole, it has been such a great time talking with you today. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to plug your social media, let our followers know where we can find you online so that they can continue the conversation with you. Yes, yeah. So if you have any questions or just wanted to give me a follow, which would be super cool of you, um, you can find me on Instagram at Cannamodel Nicole, um, or you can find in my cannabis group on Facebook is Canna Love, and I'll send you the links for those. 
Beautiful. And we will drop those links in the podcast description. So um, check it out, folks. You can click right on the link and get connected to our lovely Nicole that we have had just a great time with. So thank you again for your time. I appreciate you sitting down and having this conversation with me. And um, I'm excited for everybody else to hear it, too. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so I'm so glad I finally got a chance to get on here and chat with you guys. Avid listener. I love all the information and all of your guests. It's so great. Thank you so much for your support. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, Nicole, and we will catch up soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.